Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Slice Up Your Life. I am your host, Rach Bedell, and it's actually been a really good weekend in Chicago. I actually fried myself because I thought my Texas blood could handle two hours of laying out in Chicago. Turns out it can't, but I guess I have a good base now to go home to Texas for the 4th of July. (laughs) Anyways, I got a couple questions from people about the Enneagram from the last episode, and it gets brought up again in this one, so I will link some information in the show notes below of links to how you can figure that out. There's a lot of information. I can send more if you're interested, so contact me if so. But anyways, I got to sit down with a good friend, Jessica Hodge, and we talked all things relationship with her husband, her own body, God, a whole lot about um, pregnancy and infertility. I make a fool of myself and refer to postpartum um, as PTSD. Please forgive me. I do know it is postpartum and not called PTSD. So we'll just hopefully you can oversee that, that I said. Um, But anyways, it's a really good conversation. She has such a good heart and I'm just so grateful that she got to share all of this with you guys. So here's my conversation with Jessica Hodge. Well, Jess, thanks for chatting with me today on Slice Up Your Life. Um, I know schedules are crazy and all that jazz. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Chat. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So you were just in Florida, is that what you said? Yes. What was that for? Just family vacation? Yep. So I have an aunt and uncle that live down there and my parents and one of my sisters and her family go down almost like once a year. So I've gone once before and they just asked if I wanted to join. So I went with Caden and we went, I just went for four days. So it was really chill and really relaxing. We just rented out a house by my aunt and uncle and went to the pool every day, went to the beach. That's so nice. I know, and you're tan. Got some sun. Yeah, always a good thing. (laughs) So it was just you and Caden? Yeah. So Andy stayed back and he had some other stuff he had to get done here. So, and it was just a really quick trip anyways. Which was like kind of nice because vacationing now with with a child is a lot different. It's like not completely vacation. So Caden's a year and a half. Yeah. He's a little over. Okay. A year and a half. So talk about, tell everyone, cause I know, but tell everyone about like you and Andy, a little Snapchat meeting, kind of your, your little love story and then bring it to Caden. Okay. So I'm married to Andy. We met in high school. Um, He was a senior and I was a junior. And he was on a strong pursuit for me. He had a huge crush on me. But I didn't like him at the time. And so he would flirt in the hallways and walk me to my classes. And I just wasn't, like, super interested. Did y'all go on any dates or anything? Um, I mean, eventually, yes. So, like, I was, I had just stopped dating someone else. So, I was, like, still kind of, like, a young little soul attached to that and still really liked that guy. So, I just was, like, I I can't, I'm not into Andy Hodge right now. So, anyways, he basically just asked me to hang out, like, with our group friends just because he wanted to get to know me better and wanted to like be around me so we went with that and I mean eventually we did we went on a couple dates and our our first date I remember he like came and picked me up and like walked up to my door and like met my parents right away oh my gosh I didn't know that yeah just such a little gentleman like right away and my dad was so funny he like asked him silly questions to like he's like he has to pass the test to date my first my daughter oh my my first test so he gave me like these like a silly little riddle and made him do some push-ups on a bosu ball because he's like i heard you're an all-american football kid so oh my god believe i cannot believe what was going on before my eyes but it was perfect it was so fun and so we started dating we've been together ever since we've never broken up um which is pretty amazing. He went to Iowa State. So we dated in high school for like eight months and then he graduated. He went to Iowa State. I went to Iowa. So we were long distance that whole time. And then right after he graduated, he went to Kansas City 
to work for a construction company. And so I finished my last year of school at Iowa and got engaged when I was a senior in, in Italy. It was amazing. So On your fun. how many countries did you guys go to? Gosh, we went to well, we went to London, Paris, Barcelona, Rome, and Switzerland. So we went to five. Okay. I think that was five. I'm not sure. <laughs> Something and like that. yeah. Um so we were engaged and once I graduated from Iowa, we got married and I moved down to Kansas City with him and I was there for a year and I subbed and we moved back after a year. So he was there for two years. I was there for a year. With was him. he doing construction there? Yeah. So he worked okay. for like this big construction company and just, he wanted to get some other experience. Before, before working for his family. Yeah, exactly. But that was always the plan and his dream, which is awesome. I feel so lucky that, that he actually genuinely loves it and like wants to do what his dad does. And so we came back. And living with our families here is amazing. And it's, I wouldn't change it for the world, even though Iowa City, there's not always the, you know, the most things to do here, but I love Iowa City. And when your family is wherever you are, it's like the best place. And too, I remember when y'all were getting married, the expectations of what your, you thought the wedding size would be versus then you're marrying a Hodge, which for people who don't know, like, they're a huge construction company in Iowa City, so they're going to know everyone. Yes, like half the town was there, seriously. Like you had to like triple. So How many people did you have at the wedding? Oh my gosh, like 450. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big one. It was a party. It was a party. Yeah. And then, so then you guys moved back to Iowa City, and then did you start working at Alexander right away? Yeah, so then... Um, I was looking for teaching jobs in Iowa City in the school district here. And I got turned down a few times. But Alexander, it was wasn't even a school yet. It was gonna be the first year as a school as I was starting my first year teaching. And they offered me a position and I took it because it's kinda like Iowa City can be hard to get into the district mm -hmm. in general. So it's kinda like advice I was given was like, if you get offered a job, just take it, like take it. You can always move around whatever. So I took knowing it was going to be challenging being a new teacher in a new school in the lowest income area of Iowa city. So I was like ready to take on a lot. And so, yeah, I started teaching there. I remember when you first started working at Alexander, you, we, I think we grabbed dinner or something and you were like, the stories of different kids and think just how eye-opening that was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Alexander is, it's, they're about to start their fifth year of a school. And, um, a lot has happened since like the first year it was built, but it was about 75 to 80% free and reduced lunch. Um, it was, and is still about 30 to 40% ELL students, meaning they're English language learners. So we have a lot of African-American students, a lot of Hispanic. Um, and then since we're in the lowest income area, there's a lot of barriers that the kids have coming in through the doors of Alexander. Um, a lot of like incarcerated parents, a lot of uh, single parent homes, a lot of homeless families. Obviously, every family has some brokenness, mm -hmm. but pretty much a privileged lifestyle. I mean, not only because of the color of my skin, but just things that I've been able to do because we have the abilities to get what we want pretty mm -hmm. easily. Um, and so it just yeah, it totally opened my eyes to like brokenness that's in my own city like it you know people think oh it's just like big city stuff like inner city schools and you know people think it's like those are the worst parts of whatever even the nation of the state but in your own community there's like a lot that people are going through that you don't even realize so I just loved being a part of those kids lives and I learned so much just like about privilege about 
culture and race and um, what it means to like gain someone's trust that off the bat, they like don't want to trust you mm-hmm. because of experiences they've had. And it just totally made me a better person and a better, better teacher. I feel like I learned, I, I gained like 10 years of teaching within those four years that I taught because it was so, oh, so, so much is thrown at you behavior wise, academics. Like I was teaching in a range of like eighth grade level to first grade level. Oh, wow. And so it's like, yeah, you just got to try to twist your brain around that. It is, it was so challenging. Did it teach you a lot? Like, could you see it? Cha- did you change it all, I guess, before and after being a mom in that situation? Because you taught for, what, about a year? You're at, at least a full school year um, after having Caden. I would say, yeah, so I taught for two years. Um, and then with Caden, I taught for about a year and a half. And I think I was just more patient. I think it taught me more how to parent mm-hmm. more not necessarily like how I um, treated my students but it gave me so much patience and grace for Caden so like now that he's a little, little over a year and a half and we're starting to enter like that stage of he knows when he's doing something wrong <laughs> and when he gets in trouble I have learned that responding in certain ways can totally just like make a reaction heat up really fast or if I can like turn it inside and on me about like okay why is this making me mad right now how can I react that's going to teach that to the student Mm -hmm. or to Caden so all of the kids I've had have definitely prepared me in a way that I would never been prepared for to be a mother which is really awesome like yeah thinking on that you know because it's yeah, those kids had a huge impact on my life. So talk to everyone about how you're, because it's in the past kind of, you're done teaching. Yeah. Yes, I'm done. I retired after retired. four years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I, like, can't even express how happy. Like, the I can't find the words to describe how happy I am that I get to do this. Uh, when I was teaching, I was also really happy. I like was in my dream job situation. And when we got pregnant, I was like, you know, I think I'm not ready to stay at home. Cause it was kind of always on the long-term plan. Mm-hmm. Like once we have some, like a handful of kids, whatever that means, just like two kids or, Maybe in a few years, I'll decide to stay home because we both kind of just wanted that for our family. Um, Were both of your parents stay-at-home parents? Yeah, his mom was, and my mom was part of the time, like until we all went to school and then she started working. But Andy's mom was always a stay-at-home mom. So I think, yeah, we just kind of like knew what that was like. Um, But yeah, while I was pregnant, even I said, I'm not ready. I want to keep teaching. This is like giving me, this is my purpose right now. And then I had Caden and like totally everything changed. <laughs> oh my, my heart flips upside, flipped upside down. I was like, I can't, I can't go back. This is what I'm supposed to do right now. So I was ready to be a stay at home mom. The moment that kid entered the world <laughs> <laughs> and I like loved maternity leave, did not want it to end cried multiple times thinking about leaving him and it was so hard and so I was telling Andy I was like I'm ready to be done this is what I want to do right now and he's I'm such a feeler and I'm like this is what I feel so it needs to happen what right Enneagram now. number are you again I'm seven seven okay so yeah I don't know I don't know how that will relate to this, but we'll look into that. Um, I was just wondering because the feeling, it, I think you're in the feeling triad. I can't remember, honestly. Me either. I shouldn't, I shouldn't ask when I don't actually know the facts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's how I am. Uh, yeah. He said, just like, that's, let's not just like switch our plans really quick like that. 
I think should finish out the year, even give it a full year of teaching so we can see what it's like. Cause maybe you will like, it'll go be able to go back to teaching and it'll be fine. And so I totally agreed. I was like, that is very fair. We're not going to jump into this <laughs> when we haven't even like really talked about it. So I gave it the rest of that year, had summer break, went back and taught a full year. So that's my fourth, fourth year of teaching. So he went to daycare, Caden did. And it was nothing changed. Nothing had changed. I was still so, my heart wanted to be at home so bad. And it was so hard because I still love teaching. I love Alexander, but my, I couldn't give those students a hundred percent of myself. And then I still couldn't give Caden and Andy a hundred percent because I'd come home and I'd just be overwhelmed and stressed and feeling like I had to do what I needed to do around the house. I just was not balancing it well. And some women rock it and are so good at it. And I think it's an amazing thing because like each woman knows what's best for their family. And I just knew if we could do it financially, like this is not best for my family right now. Mm-hmm. And so we had lots of conversations and I mean, eventually I got to stay home because the plan was once we have two kids, I'll stay at home and then, you know, all that happened. So yeah. we can get to that when it's time to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, get, I mean, if you, we can just get to it now. Cause oh as I God. say, you had, uh, y'all had trouble before Caden too, right? Yeah, we did. I have PCOS. So when she means we had trouble, like <laughs> it wasn't just like, conceive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember having coffee at press and you're like, well, we're trying. And I was like, yeah, you're like, well, we've been trying, been trying. for a uh, while. It is crazy how like all these years you think about, oh yeah, I can't wait till the day I'm pregnant or people are so worried and they try so hard to protect, you know, themselves from getting oh, pregnant. Yeah. And then here we are. And it's like so difficult for a lot of women mm-hmm. is what I'm learning. Thankfully so I don't feel alone. It's helped a lot to share it, but I found, I went off birth control, um, probably, I don't know. This was a lot like four, five years ago. And so we were like, we had been married for like a year and a half, two years. And so we weren't like getting, I wasn't getting off birth control just so we could start trying right away. It was just cause I just felt like my body, I wanted to get it out of my system. I'd been on it for so long. I just wanted to feel like, Nor, like, like your body, body run its course. Exactly. I was like, I don't even know if my body will know what to do. And so once I got off of it, I never got my period. Like two months went by, three months. Finally, after three months, I called the doctor and they said, if this can happen after six months, give us another call. So at six months, still hadn't gotten it. So I went in and they did an ultrasound and they found out I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it looks different in a lot of women. Um, Honestly, like the most common symptoms in women that have it are obese and um, overweight. Oh, really? Women that have like, yeah, like a lot of testosterone hormones, like Mm. a lot of extra um, hair, like on their faces. So it's like really, some people I've told I haven't. So y'all can't see Jessica. She doesn't look anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People are like, what? You have PCOS? So that's just weird. It's weird. But I mean, a lot of the women I've talked to that have it also look like me. So it's not that uncommon. Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically what it means is that my, have eggs my ovaries produce eggs that they were never maturing enough on their own to release by themselves so I needed a little extra support in that and they put me on two different medicines I mean like long story short I had to get put on two different medicines one of them stimulated my period and one then followed up and stimulated ovulation oh okay and and with both of those together, it took six months to do to get pregnant with Caden. And I mean, I went through many, many phases and moments where I was like, I'm never getting pregnant. 
like it was a real severe fear and anxiety that I had. And so it was really cool. Like it was the, that month that I did get pregnant, my ovulation levels, they would do blood tests every month just to see how I was doing. If I was, if my ovulation levels were increasing, decreasing, staying the same. So that month they had lowered a lot. So they're like, yeah, they said, okay, if you're not pregnant, we'll, we'll have to send you to an infertility specialist. So I was so disheartened and not looking for a pregnant. I did not think it would happen. I was like, not even. Were you like praying a lot during this time or did you kind of get to a point where you're like, I'm just going to stop praying about it? I would say I was praying about it, but I was praying more for a pregnancy rather than give me patience help me trust you. Mm-hmm. Help me trust your plan. I was, it was all geared towards like what I would want. And he still gave it to me. So <laughs> he's a good guy. God is good. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, that month, even though my levels were really low, that's the month I got pregnant. So after that we had Caden and it was a great pregnancy, pretty great labor. Honestly, like I remember being in the hospital and I was like on cloud nine and I was like, I'm, I could do this again. Like, oh my gosh. I was, yeah, I know. Which I mean, give me a week later after that, I was like, not. Feeling That's what, that. how was like P your like PTSD. I've from two good friends now. I've heard that that's honestly been some of the worst, which usually people don't talk that much about other, unless they're at the full extreme of, you know, like really, really extreme PTSD that they're needing to get medication for. No one really talks about this aftermath of having to take care of your body and the emotions and hormones and you're no longer pregnant. Right. Yeah. So I didn't actually suffer from Not postpartum. PT. Why am I saying PTSD? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys, well, it, I mean, forgive me. Of, postpartum. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's also PTSD. I guess. It coincides. <laughs> But yeah, postpartum depression. I I thankfully did not suffer from it. I think every woman will every woman will suffer from some sort of like your hormone imbalance causes a lot of hormone changes. Like you're really sad and you're really happy and you cry at the littlest things and you're really overwhelmed. So I definitely felt that, but I never, by the grace of God, actually had depression because mm-hmm. I had a, I had a friend who suffered severely and so I knew what it looked like and me and Andy knew what to look like or look for in it because um, her experience was pretty scary so I was protected from that but it was still postpartum was I would agree with whoever told you that it is the hardest part like physically I for me it was harder than the pregnancy because I was blessed with a pretty good pregnancy, but you're in so much pain afterwards. It's the hardest thing you've ever been through physically. You, oh my gosh. I mean, to think about what your body had just done and then has to go back together. (laughs) It's, it's insane. It's insane. You're sore for weeks and it hurts to go pee. Like it's little things that you never think about. Well, and I, it's the thing too that like I never thought about, but then also too, you have not only do you have an infant to now take care of and feed, but you then have all these family members around all the time. And for both, like a lot of my friends, including you, like you're like hostess type of people. So you're going to want to supply for all these people that are coming over to see the baby, but you're having to take care of yourself. And just, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah, It definitely taught me to, I've grown so much in asking for help Mm -hmm. since being a mother. Like I've gotten so much better at it. And so much better at saying no, especially because being a seven, my tendency is to say yes to everything and to help everybody and like be involved with everything and have FOMO because I don't want to miss out on what's going on. But when I'm healthy and can have that balance, I've learned how to say no and have time to myself. Mm -hmm. So that's helped a lot. Good. Did you get to, since you're a big runner, how long did you have to take off before you could go run again? Because that was probably a huge release yeah. for you. Oh my gosh, yeah. So six weeks is like the what every doctor will say to wait and recover for six weeks. And so I did that. 
uh, I just, I had heard of lots of women who tried to go back earlier and it just messes them up even more. So I, I had no expectations for myself. I wasn't like in the midst of being really fit in running anyways. Uh, I just missed it cause I hadn't run since I was 20 weeks pregnant. It had mm-hmm. been like so long. So I took it easy. I did try to run like right at six weeks and I ran, I mean, so easy, like less than a mile, nice and slow. And I couldn't do it. It just was like still painful. Oh, does, oh yeah. yeah. Like my, I just, yeah, not, not just because I was out of shape, but like my pelvic area was yeah. just, I had, I don't know what it's called, but something was like messed up with my pelvic bone. So I had to keep resting. And so that's when I did, I just focused on strengthening my core and my back and my legs. And so I did that for a couple months before I really got back into running and that helped tremendously. Yeah. So it just took me being like, okay, even though I love this sport and I want to get back in now, I just like, I've matured a lot in like what my body needs versus what I think my brain needs and actually listening to what my body needs and being healthy about it. So, Which we can even dive into that a little bit. I mean, first, I do want you to state how many like halves and stuff you run and how many Boston's you've ran just to brag a little bit but I do want you to talk about too because it's something that you and I've talked about so much is like the relationship with food and being able to just like feel your feel your body now rather than just feed your body if that make or just like give it food yeah for sure uh, so first state how many race how many of those you've run because I just need to brag for you okay well I don't know how many of them. what <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can't count them all. <laughs> okay, like three, a rough okay. estimate. Starting, I ran just like a couple 5Ks, a few 10Ks, uh, probably like five or six half marathons and three marathons. Okay. Um, and I was like Boston for marathon. two or three? Yeah, yeah, for two of them. I qualified at Chicago. That was my first one. And I did it with... Um, the Chicago Mar- or dance marathon at oh, Iowa. Yeah. So I, I kind of just like did it for fun. I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect, but in the back of my brain, like I, you always have these goals. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I totally want to qualify for Boston. So I did. And in that Boston race, I qualified again. So I did it the following year. And then I took a pretty long break because that honestly, when I was marathon training for that first one, especially that's when I was in like my worst season of eating. Yeah. Of health. Um, and so now like after having Caden and getting back into running, my running is completely for joy and it's not just to like go burn calories and run for reasons that don't even matter. And I'm like, I'm the fastest I've ever been now. Well, not really now. Cause I'm, not as fit as I was like <laughs> six months ago, but much stronger runner than I've ever been. That's awesome. Post baby. Yeah. But back to like our healthy, our healthy state, unhealthy our healthy, state. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, it was like after I quit soccer. So I played soccer for two years. And after I quit, I was surrounded by a handful of girls that were also going through the same thing. And so it kind of feeds off of each other. Mm-hmm. And by same thing, I mean, like, wanted to lose weight, wanted to get skinny, wanted to eat really healthy, avoid certain foods. And I kind of caught on to it. And I, I don't know what really triggered it because I hadn't had any problems. And then all of a sudden it was like boom, this is happening. And the fact that it kind of coincides with when I quit soccer mm. maybe makes sense. Cause I was, you know, my identity was stripped from that. And so it's almost like I was just trying to pour into something else that I could control or um, just kind of like call my own. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to like own my body, I guess. And I got super restrictive 
Um, I, I was at the point where I would like, I said my body didn't respond well to dairy, but that is such a lie. I eat ice cream all the time and cheese and yogurt. So, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, dairy, it makes my stomach upset, which I mean, if I do eat too much, it really does. But I used it to the extent of like, I just don't want to eat it. I want to eat as little as possible, but still like eat well. Like it's, I never, I wasn't like counting calories to be like, okay, I'm going to eat 500 calories today. Mm -hmm. And thankfully I didn't actually suffer from anorexia or like binge eating or leukemia or whatever. Um, well, I've had a couple of binge things, whatever we've talked about. We've all talked about it. Yeah. Um, but it was to the point where I was so afraid of certain foods. Like I remember being with Andy one time at, at Iowa state and we were cooking dinner and we were having fish and, um, we were going to make some veggies and I was almost in tears because he wasn't preparing it like the way I wanted it what? because of it butter, butter or? or oil or the veggies weren't, they were like frozen veggies that didn't, and there weren't enough of them. And I just looking back on that, I'm like, I cannot believe that. Like, that's how broken I was. And then we also, I also remember another date we went on an amazing date, like horseback riding, but we didn't have time to go out to dinner or, or like pack something healthy. Like that was in the uh, stage where I would have wanted like something vegetable and a protein, whatever. And we had to bring PB and J's. It ruined my day. Like it, it ruined the whole night because I had to have carbs and fats and processed. Yeah. I couldn't have any like, um, fresh produce. Oh, could Andy tell, like, is that something that you guys have talked about? Totally. I've talked about it. He knows about it. Um, but he never really understood. And cause he would just say like, Jess, you're, you're beautiful. Like, I love you the way you are. And I was like, I know. And it does help for you to say that, but I really hate my body. Like it was, he never really understood, which I don't blame him because he never struggled with that. Mm-hmm. he he hasn't been around it much. Um, so really it took me confiding into a couple other friends and I just luckily I got out of it. Like just by the grace of God. I mean, I had a pretty low moment. So like I'd go through all this restriction and I was basically exercising more and trying to eat less. So I definitely lost weight. I don't think I never got like sickly thin, but I definitely lost some weight. I was like a skinny little twig. I mean, I didn't have a lot of muscle, um, but it wasn't like bone. No, you you never looked like no one would ever ever look at you and be like, she's unhealthy. Yeah, totally. But I knew I was unhealthy. I knew it wasn't right. And so I actually had a stomach ulcer. It was like right after it was like a month after I ran my first marathon. So I, I got a stomach ulcer. I passed out in Andy's bathroom the night before Thanksgiving. They took me to the hospital and I they as up, in Andy's family. Oh no, as in the ambulance. They called nine one one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was not responding. And I came to before they had gotten there. The ambulance did, but they still took me. And they actually sent me home that night. That's like I feel like that's a typical thing. Like you go to the ER and they're like, we don't know what's wrong. Go home. You, you go home. The next day, you're back in. So I was just, I didn't have any symptoms of blood loss. Um, but the next morning, I did. So that's why I went back. And I had to be hospitalized for five days. I had to have two blood transfusions. Um, it was... Jessica Hodge, I did not know this. Yeah. And to this day, they still don't know why I had an ulcer. They were like, do you take a lot of ibuprofen? And because that can be a cause, I guess. Stress. I, yeah. And I was like, I don't, I'm not taking that much. I mean, I've been having, I was having headaches and stuff. And 
I think that was just a symptom of what was going on. So I was like, I've been taking it now and then because of some headaches and I just feel kind of crappy. But I honestly think, and I've talked to my sister about this, that God used that moment to like wake me up because mm-hmm. that's when I was the thinnest I've ever been. I remember in that hospital, I was on a liquid diet for five days. I couldn't consume anything. And after I was released, um, I remember my mother-in-law brought me a latte, okay, like a milk, 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 like a whole milk. Yep. With all this, all the white chocolate mocha syrup stuff. Oh goodness. I, I wouldn't drink it and I hadn't eaten or consumed real food and I wouldn't drink it. I'd had like, I had like five sips because I was still so worried about how many calories are in there. And so that was like a wake up call. I was like, this is not, this is not okay. Like something's wrong with me that I, I'm this freaked out about calories and my body, whatever. And so I think ever since then, it's just been, I've been healing more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So I totally think God used that to, to like wake me up and be like, you are not making good choices and your health can, even though while I was restricting, I wasn't necessarily in a really health unhealthy state, like deteriorating, but he's like, your body can though, like this happens. And I just think he was protecting me from that. At the time, did you know, like, did you know it was God telling you that? Like, I know you're really strong in your faith and ever since I've known you, you have been, but when did that start that you were able to like have that awareness with him? Not, it was not right away. It was definitely like a couple years later. Okay. Yeah. Cause I still struggled after that. that Cause after that was like the turning point where instead of being super restrictive, I'd kind of like eat healthy for the day. And then I kind of, I deprived myself of something I wanted during that day. And then I'd find myself rummaging through my snack bin and like eating multiple things when I wasn't mm-hmm. hungry. <laughs> and so I went through that phase afterwards. So it's been kind of like, it was kind of like an up and down roller coaster ride after that, but I'm doing much better now. Well, yeah. And now you, we haven't even touched on your blog. Now you're posting recipes on your blog, which is kind of why the blog started, right? Was to share recipes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I have this blog that <laughs> I started and I was like so hesitant to start it. But what really prompted it was A, I do, I love to cook. I love food. I love to create things in the kitchen. I love baking. And people would ask me randomly for some recipes. So it'd just be like a fun little place to actually store them and keep them. And it's just like a, you know, a little diary. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't want it to just be a food blog because I just am not up to those standards of doing a purely food blog. So I wanted it to be a little bit about life and my faith because that is a huge part of my life. And ever since I shared that post about my miscarriage, I was like, wow, there is a lot of purpose in sharing things. And so ever since then, I was like, yeah, I think I need to keep doing this. Whether it's like one person that reads something I share or whether it's just for me to like process. I'm because I'm a writer. It's so much easier for me to write things out on paper. So whether it's just for me, like it's worth it. And I love it. And it's such a good creative outlet for me. Was it really hard for you to press like publish? for the post about your miscarriage my heart was racing I think I was sweating I shared it and I like threw my phone down on the couch in our living room and left it because I didn't want to check it for like an hour because I was so nervous so nervous what was it harder to post that one than the one that you just posted about about having trouble getting pregnant again Yes, it was much harder to do the first one. I think partially because, like, I'm getting better at sharing. It's, True. I'm, yeah, I think part of it is I don't care. First, I mean, the, the thing that makes it hard is 
you start to think like, okay, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm doing this for the right reason. And then are people going to think this is stupid? You know, just caring what people think. And so I've gotten a lot better at being like, I don't really care if people think I'm being ridiculous or annoying, whatever. And I've just, I've seen really cool responses from what I have shared of just women being like, yeah, girl, I'm there with you. And this is hard. Thank you for sharing it. It feels good to know I'm not alone. And I've almost just kind of put the expectation, like, I'm going to start sharing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I want to keep it real. Will you share a little bit about the walk of or the season of life that you and Andy are in right now? Yeah, totally. Um, So we, we want like four kids and we want them pretty close. So after Caden turned one, we were ready to start trying. And I went back on my medicine to just stimulate my period. And I didn't go back on the second medication because my doctor said just give your body a chance like see Mm -hmm. a lot of times after a woman goes through a pregnancy and delivery like like, kickstarts your body place and your body starts to know what to do so she's like let's just see what happens so i went through that first round got my period with the medicine it was great and didn't take the other medicine but we're like, yeah, we'll just keep trying. We'll try. And I got pregnant that first time. It was insane. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this has purpose. God, his hand is in this. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. So we were pumped. Our kids were going to be less than two years apart. It was like a dream. I was going to stop, be able to stop teaching already. Uh, everything was falling in place. And so then when we went to get our eight-week appointment checked, ultrasound, it's the first one they do, is when the baby's eight weeks along, we went in. And there was a heartbeat, but it was measuring just under six weeks. So we, you know, we had two ultimatums. They were like, okay, either the first option is you're just measuring behind. This is totally normal. You conceived later than what you think. And you'll come back in two weeks and there will be two weeks growth. And then the other option was something's wrong Mm -hmm. and the baby's heart is not developing. And so for some reason I was like, well, it's the first one. I know it's the first one because I don't know when I ovulate. That's how I've always been. My body is not on this time clock. So I can't wait to come back in two weeks. And then we went back and there was no heartbeat. So we lost the baby and went through the miscarriage process, which is the hardest thing I've ever been through. And no matter if someone has lost a baby at eight weeks, 14 weeks, 20 weeks, whatever, they're all really it's all real and it's that baby was a life and I was shocked at how much it affected me because mm-hmm. I like heard the heartbeat once like that's that's all that's all it took and I was hooked on that child and I was ready and I was already starting plants and how was Andy during that like was he more of like a rock or like did he show his emotion on it yeah he was definitely a rock I mean he definitely got emotional with me, but it's so much different for him because he didn't feel any of it physically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he really is just like a rock. He's like, he's so one to be like, we'll get through this and it's going to be okay. And we're going to get pregnant again. Whereas I just want to like dwell on it. <laughs> and say, no, this really sucks, and this is not fair, and I'm never going to get pregnant again. You know, like, that's the stuff I start to do. Yeah. And he stays so positive about it that it's a blessing for me. But sometimes I get frustrated. You're like, just (laughs) be upset with me. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, I mean, all that to say, he definitely was upset, and we cried together. Um, But 
honestly, the hardest part was actually like losing the baby. I was at home and he went to work. We didn't know what we were getting into. I mean, I wish I would have asked more questions, but my, I was not in the mindset at all to think about that when I was with the doctor, when she was giving me like all these options of what you're supposed to do next. And so we just went with something that we thought would work. Andy went to work. I stayed at home. And that's probably one of the biggest regrets that we have is that he didn't stay with me because mm-hmm. going through the process of taking this medication that I felt like I was killing this baby again. And I was, you know, there's like no turning back at this point, mm-hmm. like in the seconds before doing that, I'm like, what if this baby's alive and they made a mistake? It's, it's just like, it is a, battle that you're going through and so went through that Caden was at home with me too so it was like had to kind of deal with him I mean sometimes it was a good distraction but honestly like sometimes that having those distractions doesn't allow you to really sit Sit in what's going on Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, but I just remember like laying on my bedroom floor and just bawling and thankfully I just have never felt so close to the Lord like in that moment even I was just like crying out to him and I was blasting worship music and I was still I was just very still Mm -hmm. whereas it could have been so easy to like just like get on Instagram and start scrolling to just distract yourself but yeah, I just felt God being like, just lay here with me. Let me hold you. So that was a crazy experience. Um, and then after that, too, I find out it did, the medicine didn't even work all the way. So then I had to go in and get a DNC, which is a, the procedure that I wish I would have done from the beginning, mm-hmm. where they the doctor just removes it. It takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um and that in itself is very traumatizing too. So it's all just trauma after trauma. And then all you can do is just wait. Then you got to wait for your body to heal. You got to wait for your hormones to come back to being balanced. And then I'm in this waiting game of like, well, I don't get my periods. I don't know when I'm supposed to start trying again. So all that to say, here we are eight months later, still haven't gotten pregnant. Back on the medicine. Uh, it's been really hard. Some months I'm, I feel like it's really not fair. I don't get it. I feel like every time I turn the corner, someone's announcing a pregnancy or they're having a baby, which I just, that is one of the biggest things that I pray for is that I would like not be bitter about that Mm -hmm. because pregnancy and new babies, that is the best thing. That is like, the most amazing thing that a woman can go through. So sometimes it's hard, but thankfully I see it and I just like pray against it right away. So I feel like the Lord's definitely helping me in that. And then some months, so some months it's really discouraging and I go through those fears again. Like I'm never going to get pregnant. Like I, I still have those. Does it, is it the same? Do you feel like it's very similar to before Caden or do you feel like a different, you're in a different season or do you kind of just feel like deja vu? I feel like it's not as bad, honestly. I like, I, I still have those moments of like, it might take me. I I don't think I'm going to get pregnant for years. Still is kind of what I go through, but I have a lot more trust in it. I have, I like say that, but then I'm like, but you know what? If that's what God has in store for me, so be it. Like I, I definitely have grown up a lot mm-hmm. in that I, sense. I want to, I wrote down the quote that you said or that I posted on Instagram because I posted it and then had so many people reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, I needed to hear this. But you said that you, I encourage you to stop trying to force the door open. Stop trying to look for a new door. There's a purpose in whatever season you're in right now. Pray for a sign and be willing to look for it. Our plans may be beautiful and good, but God might not. God might need to do a little more work in our hearts and lives before He hands them over to us. 
what do you do on a daily to like have that much, I guess for lack of a better term, like faith in him? Oh man. I think not every day I'm like that, first of all. (laughs) So it takes waking up and surrendering everything to him every single day. Like just like opening up my hands and being like, all right, God, like you are so much greater than I am. I have thousands of choices to make today and I just want you to be a part of all of them. And I want to like live like you. And so it does not, I cannot do it on my own. Like it does not come naturally to me. So it takes me being in the word and it takes me listening to podcasts. Like I was motivated to write all that because of a podcast I heard. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned that girl in my post and so it takes me being intentional like working on my relationship with Jesus rather than just like hoping gosh I wish I had that attitude I wish I was I wish I had that outlook on trying to have a baby or whatever whatever it is in life that like people want I just have I've been in that season of just being mad and being upset and like this sucks it's not fair and then I've seen what it's like to just accept it and have a different perspective Mm -hmm. because like 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 that just said like God has a purpose in every single season you are in so it's it's so, so easy for us to like look to what we want next but if we don't just like look around and see the people that we're with and realize that whoever is in your community right now, those people are entrusted to you for a reason. Like you need to pour into them. And that's what helps me, you know, working on that relationship, obviously being surrounded by people who also love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Helps obviously um, having a spouse that, loves the Lord and going to church and everything. It's like a million little things. Have you seen that show? No. (laughs) Okay, really good. So anyways. What is it? (laughs) It's called A Million Little Things. So good. But it's true. There's a million little things (laughs) that it takes to like feel good and to like make life work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, like, it's just so awesome that like you sharing that and just sharing in general, I think like I read Jamie Ivey's book and she was saying like vulnerability brings vulnerability and just with that, like, I'm not pregnant and I'm not trying to get pregnant. Um, but like you being in different situations, but you can still have the same motivations or same like backing for things. Um, like the people who messaged me back from, I have no idea what they're going through or what they're wanting or what they're searching for or what they're looking for their next season in life is. But, you know, it's, it really is just having that patience and that confidence. And there's something that I read too, or like, it's like the, the weeping may last tonight, but joy comes in the morning is something that I heard on a podcast too. And it's like, it's so true. Everything has its season. And majority of the time we have to, you actually just have to walk through this to figure it out. Yes. Like there's so many things that I experienced that I would that were terrible and sucked, but I would never give it up because it changed me so much. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's made us who we are. Be a I wouldn't be a believer if I didn't go through the stuff that I did. <laughs> like I honestly don't Isn't think I'd be where I am. So it's it's awesome, and I like I I was so excited for your blog because, I mean, it's just fun. I think when anyone does this stuff, it's like me doing the podcast. I'm like, I just want to see people do stuff. It's fun. I don't care. (laughs) But, um, it's been cool to just see people share. And even just like, it's just fun to see whenever, like however many people make your energy bites. I think it's so funny. People are like, oh my gosh, these things are like the greatest thing. And like an energy, they really are, but people's minds are blown by like these things. And it's so fun to see just how you can connect with people just from technology, really like utilizing what's in front of us. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's the thing about being vulnerable is like, if once you share something, there's someone else who has been through that or Mm -hmm. is going to go through it to a certain extent. 
And now we know we can relate to others because mm-hmm. of what we've been through. So mm-hmm. it's like, am I thankful that I miscarried? No, I would rather like be having a baby in August here, mm-hmm. but I know because it's so common too. I know I'm going to have best friends that are going to go through this and I'm going to feel way more equipped on how to handle that and how to be with them in that season because God's given me that. Like yeah. Now it's like a gift that I can use. Mm-hmm. And it's same with like your story. I've already, I've shared that with someone who listened to it and she was like, Oh my gosh, we are like the same person. <laughs> so it's, like, even if it was that one girl that you reached, like, it was so worth it. Yeah, even if it's just, just one person. Could... Yeah, totally. It's awesome. Oh, I it love is. it. Well, <sighs> to get, I guess, with Caden in the summer that you have open, what are, you, what are y'all's plans this summer? Yeah. Oh, man. We're just hanging out. We are going to do some lessons in July. <gasps> It'll be so fun. Does and he like water? He does. Okay. It took him, I I mean, Florida, he's been to a pool, like, when he was little, but not old enough to really, like, play and just decide if he likes it. So, in Florida, he was definitely hesitant for a while. First time we went to the pool, 15 minutes, he, like, would just stand there. He wouldn't move. He didn't think he could walk in the water. It was hysterical. Oh, my gosh. And then he, he warmed up a little bit. In the first day, he was like a leech, like stuck to me the whole time. And then by the second day, he would like take his legs off of my hip and let me like swirl him around. And by now, he just has a blast and it's great. When does so he turn to? November. November. Okay. So he's a little bit younger than Bosco. Only by like a couple yes. months. Okay. Because I just saw him. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not really good at the numbers of kids. So I have to know like, okay, right. that one's two. This one's good close to two yeah he's not two yet but so i won't rush grace she'll kill me he's getting close he's getting close yeah oh yay so lessons will be so fun oh my gosh i can't wait to see that that'll be awesome is this a really busy time for andy oh my gosh they're so busy hodge is so busy right now it's i mean it's such a blessing it's so great but it's the busiest they've ever been is what he was just telling me with because they have so many projects going on so well, Iowa City is like not, booming too. Exactly. Yeah. It's not necessarily just because it's summer. Cause I know it's always like summer construction that's mm-hmm. going on, but it's just like, everything's kind of falling in place right now and it all happens at once. So yeah, he's pretty busy, but you would never know it. I mean, it took me kind of like crying it out of him. Like he listed all of his jobs that he has going on. Cause he has to work late. Like, at our house sometimes we'll hang out we'll have dinner hang out and then i'll go to bed and then he'll go to his office and work and so i just kind of really was intentional about asking him like how he's doing and he listed off all these things and i was like are you stressed he said (laughs) yeah he's like yeah kind of and if he says he's kind of stressed like he's he's super stressed because he he handles it so well i don't yeah we are so opposite in that way did he take the enneagram test he hasn't taken it. I have a number. I think he is. <laughs> you can't type him. That. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not fair. I'm not going to say what I think he is. Yeah. Don't say it. I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, he is super chill at all times. <laughs> so chill. But he's like, yeah, he's such a hard worker. Yeah. Do you guys have everything done on y'all's house? Basically it is. I mean, it is completely livable and comfortable. And we just finished the basement. So now we have a guest bedroom down there and a bathroom. There's just like little things. We need to hang up a mirror, Mm -hmm. uh, put a couple like finishing touches with some paint. And there's always, I mean, with Andy being a contractor, there's always something that needs to be done. Or then he's, if we're done, he's starting something new to make it better. Yeah. Because you guys completely gutted your kitchen, didn't you? Oh, yeah. We, like, gutted the whole house. I mean, we didn't tear down any walls or rebuild things, but we, cosmetic-wise, we redid everything. So, it's been a long process, and then once we had Caden, things slowed down a lot, but we redid everything, and it's, oh, it was really hard. I remember (laughs) you were, like, living out of your, like, random bathrooms and things like that. 
much. Yeah, I was using a kitchen sink to wash dishes. Yeah. Uh, it was not the funnest <laughs> moment I've been through. <laughs> and I would probably wouldn't do it again, but... It but you now you have a great kitchen to do all of your cooking in. Oh, I live in it. It's, like, my favorite. And you do such a good job of, like, Caden eats just like y'all eat. For, I, I mean, I'm, he's still, like... He's still like a one and a half year old, so like I'm sure there's times where he would kill for that PB and J. And oh yeah, and there's times where I kill to give it to him too, because he like is being such a little turkey about what I'm trying to feed him. But some days he's really good. It's just I'm learning what it's like to actually have a toddler. Like some days he eats like this healthy little weirdo kid. And then some day, days, the next day, he won't touch it. And so I have to, like, make him some Annie's mac and cheese, you know, like little things like that. And it's it's fun. I actually, I just, I really do love it. Like, I love being a mom. I love the craziness. It's awesome. It's, it, it can be really hard, but it's great. It's so fun, though, because, like, I literally, like, you talk about it and, like, your whole entire demeanor completely changes. Like, you have this, uh -huh. like, grin plastered on your face. You're like, I'm happy. <laughs> Yes, it's so true. Oh, I yeah. love it. Well, I can't wait to see all of the swim lessons. It's going to be yeah. amazing. He's going to be so stinking cute. Is he going to have, like, have to have little floaties? I don't know because he hates wearing them right now. So, like, he won't wear them. So we'll see we'll if see he what. lets me do that. Yeah, life jacket or something. Or just, like, yeah. I'm sure the teachers are attentive enough that it's okay. Yeah, let's <laughs> hope. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I have one more question. Um yeah. since and you may have heard it since the it's called Slice Up Your Life. What is your favorite slice? Okay, well since I'm an Iowa City native, there's two slices that will always make me happy. Okay, I wonder. I think I know what they are, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait to see. Yeah, I bet you know both of them. Poly eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my go to in poly eyes, for those of you that don't know. Thin crust, this little local pizza joint. They make all the pizza right in front of you. It's just like, oh. It's like a super towny pizza joint. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I typically, if I'm going to a pizza place like that, where it's not like a wood fire, like Marquee, where they have amazing pre-made flavored pizza, you know, mm -hmm. like like their jalapeno, honey, whatever. I typically get pepperoni, green olive, green pepper. Okay. Don't know why. I just like it. So then I also get that on Wig and Pen. This is my second slice. Wig and Pen's thin crust, not the flying tomato. What? I, I know. Girl, there's too much cheese on that for me. That's true. It is pretty intense. <laughs> Their thin crust, I and, but I mean, I'll eat it, but their thin crust is fantastic. So do you do this thing, well done thing? <laughs> no, but I know what she's saying. I love my pizza when it's a little extra done. Like, well, it I, makes sense. Look, when it's got a little bit of those brown bubbles on yeah. top. Yeah, totally. But it I've totally never thought sense. to actually ask for that. Me either. Genius. My friend texted me after I posted Mikhail's episode and was like, you've never had your pizza well done? I was like, no, I didn't <laughs> like know this weirdo. was a thing. But okay, yeah. I'll try it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So those are the two slices I love. But I mean, also, I'm really indecisive and I'm not picky because like I also love wood fire pizzas. Yeah. For example, Marquee, the place, I can't remember, in Solon. Uh, um, Big Grove? Oh, Red Vespa. Red Vespa, thank you. Oh, that pizza. So Maggie's. Like, I love it all. I know. You really can't go wrong. I wish I could give you, like, a really... I guess I'll just go with Polly Eyes, just since that was the first thing I said. Yeah, and you're Iowa City native, so it makes exactly. sense. It goes to your totally. roots. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jess. I appreciate you talking and sharing everything yeah. with me. And thank everyone. you for having me on the show. I am so... I love this. You're going to do so great. This oh. is, like, right up your alley. And Thanks. You're going to have awesome conversations that are going to reach a lot of people. Gosh, she just leaves me so encouraged, seriously. I am blown away by her dedication um, and her just complete loyalty 
in Christ. But I just, overall, I'm blown away by how amazing and how great of hearts my friends have. And I am just so thankful that they are willing to come on here and talk to all of you guys. But you can um, get all of Jess's amazing recipes and hear all of her stories and all that jazz on her blog called myhodgepodgelife.com. I will also link that below in the show notes along with the Enneagram and all of that fun stuff. But yeah, I mean, this week for me, I tried another coffee place called Fairgrounds. It's in the bottom of that sports club that everyone's obsessive that has the Cindy's as the rooftop. And it was really good, just simple latte, but it was a fun, cool place with outdoor seating. So it was nice for a perfect sunny day. Um, and also I'm going to start asking everyone about this well done thing because you guys have made me feel like I'm a little crazy for not knowing what that is, but I'm, I'm not crazy (laughs) anyways, but I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Jess. She's amazing. Like I said, check out her blog. She's just awesome and has such a good heart, but I hope you guys have a great day. And that's this episode of slice of your life.